Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. Hey, hey everyone. I'm so excited to bring today's guest onto the show. We're going to be talking about cold emails. And if that is surprising to you, it was at least at the beginning a little surprising to me too. I was first introduced to Isabella Masucci through another guest of the show from several months back, Melissa Harstein. Melissa sent the standard kind of introduction email and just said, hey, I think you guys will hit it off really well. And while we did, because we definitely did hit it off, I found out about Isabella's success with cold emails. And I asked her, I was like, I'm so curious. It's never worked for me. And as someone on the receiving end of a whole lot of those, I'm really curious how this all transpired. And Isabella very graciously agreed to come on here and talk all about how it has worked for her. So a little bit about her before we dive into the interview. Isabella Masucci is the founder of the Masucci Method, a digital ghostwriting agency specializing in transforming podcasts into books. Her first book premiered at number one on Amazon. That alone, of course, is spectacular. And we are going to hop right on into the interview for more. Hey, Isabella, welcome to the No Like and Trust Show. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. I'm pretty excited about this topic. It's something I will confess that I know nothing about doing it on my own. And in addition to that, I've been the recipient of many awful cold email pitches. So so for everyone outside of this, Isabella and I met just a few weeks ago. Uh, we were referred by colleagues that we, we both know, like, and trust. So, you know, really good networking partnerships, right? But uh, when she told me about her cold email outreach, I was like, ooh, can we talk about that? Because I do feel like it's something that can work really well for people when done well. And that right there is the key, when done well. So that's what I kind of am hoping that we can dive into. Yeah. So let me just introduce myself first. My name is Isabella. I'm the founder of the Masucci Method, which is an online ghostwriting agency that specializes in transforming podcasts into books. I've written four books in the last year and a half. And so I type a lot of words. And some of the words that I type are cold emails to find new clients. And because I'm a really high touch service. I only work with four clients a year. I spend a lot of time thinking about what kind of clients that I want to bring onto my business. And some of the ways, the most effective ways I've found to do that is actually by just doing the nitty gritty research, finding the people that would be really good fits for me, and then asking them if they want a book. (laughs) And one of the ways that I've been contacting these people is honestly through cold emails. And I, once a quarter, do a really deep dive into the best podcasts out right now. I work a lot with mental health professionals. I work a lot with executive coaches. And guess what, guys? Like, everybody's information is on the internet. And you can find them if you look for them. (laughs) And basically, you find the people you want that fit your demographic. You go online. You find their email. You have a little database with all the emails that you're trying to contact, and then you write a really good email and you send it off. So I think one of the things that you mentioned in there, and you just kind of breezed right on past it, but I think is probably key, is that you were doing some nitty gritty research because one, you have a really good idea of who you work best with. And since you are only working with four clients a year, it's not like, oh, hey, I'll just take this person on. No big deal, because that's a lot of time you're going to spend with them. 
But also, you're not emailing people who are unlikely to need your services. They might not be considering it currently. They might not feel like it's the right time for them. But you're not emailing people that are just not even possibly a good match. No, that's a really important thing that I've learned is a lot of the people that I am working with have something that they're trying to sell, right? So they either have a really strong social media presence because they're trying to grow their own audience for something that they can monetize, like a brick and mortar practice, or something that they're trying to sell, like an online course. So everyone already has something that they make money off of because my services are expensive. And so they need to have a way to be able to, to pay for it, basically. So you're already looking for people who are making $400,000 plus a year. All right. So you've got some like pretty good like litmus test areas, right? So they're putting information out there. You said, obviously, a podcast or a course, something like that. And they're making a good amount of money with it so that they actually can afford your services, right? Yeah. <laughs> Once you have like a good idea of who you're contacting, I know you said that you you do a, like a quarterly kind of deep dive on the best podcasts out there, for example. How else are you finding these people? I mean, there's, and what was that? The Forbes article said that the, you know, online learning expansion of the last couple of years has been pushed even forward by the pandemic way more than their original projections. And their original projections were a multi-billion dollar thing, I think, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is just like staying in the know, right? Like what courses are being offered, like reading the Forbes articles, like checking out like iTunes podcasts, checking out blogs where like, oh, like this is a really great podcast to listen to if you're trying to solve XYZ problem in your life. And then like when you get down to the nitty gritty of like, how do you write a really good cold email? So my last deep dive, I sent out 60 emails and I got eight responses which I was really excited about. And the heading was, let's transform your podcast into a number one best-selling book on Amazon. And right then you like, you're offering them an incredible opportunity, right? Like let's do something really remarkable here. And it's something that I've already done. My first book went number one on Amazon, which I was really excited about. So it's not an empty promise. Then you introduce yourself, right? Like I say, hey, I'm Isabella. I transform podcasts into books. And then I write a little sentence about where I learned about. And then I I honestly say, I've been following you. Your content's really incredible. And I'm reaching out because I think you should write a book. I think it could be a super cool opportunity for you to level up your business and expand your influence. If the thought of writing a book both excites you and overwhelms you, that's where I come in. Ooh, I like that last line there. Because I'll be honest, right? Like I've read a fair number of places or heard on podcasts a fair number of places that writing a book is kind of like the ultimate authority dangler, if like for lack of better terms, right? I just heard on Joe Polizzi's Content Inc. podcast uh, last week, I think, that, you know, on the speaking circuit, especially for some of the larger conferences, if you don't have a book under your belt, you're not even considered for a speaker role. No, it's really one of the main qualifiers to like, get six-figure speaking engagements, to become a thought leader in your space, to create even like on a baseline level, like great SEO, right? Like even to start there. And so it really, my books really carry my clients through many, many years and level them, like level the amount of influence they have in their sphere to a degree that is like phenomenal. And I'm really excited about that. I love that. That line that you had, right? 
if writing a book both excites you and overwhelms you, I think that I don't know if you've given yourself credit for that line, but I think that that line right there is probably what is really making these cold emails work for you because you're closing with something that's literally running through their brain. They're probably reading the email and they're like, yeah, 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 book. It's on my to-do list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know I need to do that. Yes, that's probably the next step. But it's one of those really easy to put off things, in my opinion, at least, right? Like I said, like I know that that's something I'll have to do in the future, but it's in my maybe later plans, you know? One thing I can tell you about writing books for a living is that books don't write themselves, right? Like you have to sit there and you have to do the typing of the words and the editing and all of it. And then what I do in my my job is I am very much like a to and through ghostwriter. So basically I like take you from the like little faint whisper in your mind, hey, I think I should write a book, right? To figuring out like, okay, like you want to write a book. What themes do you want your book to touch on? What kind of arc do you want your book to have? What kind of narrative are we going after, right? What kind of, what demographic are we speaking to? And so I take them on this journey of like the narrative art to pull out all of the themes and all of the stories from their journey and really create like a really strong narrative experience for the reader. Like I'm a creative writer, like that's really my bread and butter. And then like, let's make it dazzle. Like, let's tell your life story. Like, let's make it great. Then I do all of the formatting and I do all of the work to get it up on Amazon Kindle and just available on Amazon like Marketplace, which is really exciting for them. And yeah, and it takes about like 30 weeks and it takes less than 40 hours of my client's time. That's a huge seller. Actually, okay. So I want to I want to step back for a second because you just told me a bunch of things that you do for your clients. All of those are really good like features of of the work that you do, right? But from a benefit and feature point of view, like that's what you do. Like I go to the outline, I pull the narrative outlook out and you actually made a point of not including any of that in your email to people. What you really did is just include to them that that really big sell, which is if you know a book is in your future and that's exciting, but it's also really overwhelming, like I don't remember how you closed it, but basically we should talk, right? And you didn't include all the stuff you did. You included the big overarching benefit to their lives. Hey, I can cut through that overwhelm. And what you just kind of finished with, I am surprised you actually did not put that in the email because, and it only takes you 40 hours. That's like a huge win sell as well. That's a big thing, right? Yeah. I think that was the next line actually. Okay. (laughs) Then there we go. Yeah. My next line is I help online entrepreneurs transform their podcast online courses into a book in 30 weeks with less than 40 hours of their time. And it's been going pretty well. My first project launched number one on Amazon and you can learn more about my process at my website themisuchimethod.com. That's like the next bit. I love it. So if we were to look at the whole email as a whole, right? So you you start with a killer hook, you know, your email subject line. It's factual, it's real, and it's curiosity invoking. It's like, hey, ooh, number one Amazon bestseller. I, I, I wonder if I can do that. And then you introduce yourself and then you launch straight into the benefits, right? No overwhelm, only 40 hours. And then you close out with like a really good thing. It's been going pretty well so far. This happened for this client. Learn more here. Yeah. 
And then I do like my little pitch, right? Like my clients have seen a sincere transformation when they work for me. They get a book, which allows them to become a consummate thought leader in their field. Their exposure drives more sales, their online offerings, and they start to get highly paid speaking opportunities, right? That's the next line. If a collaboration is something you are interested in, please feel free to schedule a chat here. If nothing else, I'll share some insights into the self-publishing process, as I'm sure writing a book is one of your eventual goals. Looking forward to hearing from you this week. Warmly, Isabella. Perfect. And you gave him a nice, like, nice little, like, clincher of a deadline there. Yeah. Snack him in. But yeah, I mean, I got, got eight responses. And like, to be honest, I made about $25,000. So how long would you estimate it took you? So you had said 60 emails. Obviously, you were doing some research on each of these people. I don't know how long each of those, you know, research bits took you. But the whole process, if you had to, like, estimate, what what were you investing about two, two, not two solid weeks of work, but like two weeks, like three hours a day, and then just firing them out. And then I sent follow-up emails to every single person, which I think is actually a really critical point. If you're interested in doing cold emails for your marketing, send a follow-up email. It's very important. <laughs> so how many of those eight responses came from the original email versus follow-up? I got eight responses overall, and my closing deal I got from a follow-up. All right. So money's in the follow-up. This is yeah. not a one-and-done thing. <laughs> no. no. And then we like we had a few meetings. Like I did some writing for her. I wrote some sample. But she's a woman I never met before. She's never met me. She's never heard of me. Like, And so there was like a few weeks of just like building trust, which was really important. But I'm really excited about her. I think she's going to be a, she's a great perfect amazing fit like she's like my dream client I'm so excited I'm so it can work that's the thing like cold emails can work and you can make money off of them yeah cold emails can work but probably not if you're emailing someone and be like hi I make guest posts for you email me yeah no I mean I think like if you're a writer right like you're trying to sell writing services like guess what you probably need to write a really good email one would hope it's interesting because so yeah, you're you're a writer and you're using email to write, but there are a lot of other very high dollar services, you know, high touch, like what you're offering, where it's not writing, it's going to be something entirely differently. So this is obviously going to be outside of your wheelhouse. But you know, if someone were in a different niche that does not involve writing, how could they maybe demonstrate in an email their excellence, since writing is not what they're actually selling? I think the subject line is actually really important. I think you need a really strong, catchy, like vaguely provocative subject line. Like tell them what what is your highest achievement? Put it in the subject line. Make sure that you are targeting people who want your highest achievement. And like bottom line, flatter them a little bit. Tell them who you are. Tell them how you can provide value in their life. And then like let it go. And like on the more woo-woo side, like I will definitely tell you that I sent a little like little thought out with every email being like, this person is going to connect with me and I will find them and they need me. (laughs) These people need me. They don't know me yet, but (laughs) they want to buy what I'm selling. Yeah. And, And realistically, if it's meant to be, they'll open that email at the right time. When they're not distracted, when they're not, you know, in the middle of like a deadline or launch or crisis of their own business, and they'll give the email the attention that it needs because they were meant to see it, right? Yeah. And then that's why I think the follow-up email is so important because people are so inundated with stuff 
and time and families and children that even if like you caught their eye, they might not answer. (laughs) And so you need to like follow them up again. Like even with the one that I closed, she was like, I'm so grateful you emailed me back again. Like I've been thinking about you. I just kind of like lost track of time, like would love to talk to you. Yeah. Well, and realistically, right? So yesterday, actually just yesterday, I got fed up with my email inbox. I've always been someone who uses my inbox as like a task and to-do list, and it's a bad habit of mine. And, you know, all that stuff should be on ClickUp, but sometimes it just doesn't make it there and just kind of sits in my inbox. And I was looking for an actual client email from like a month and a half ago and realized almost every email surrounding it in my inbox was something that was no longer relevant. It was like, you know, the copy for a summit that I was in. It was like all these things that had already passed. So I just went through, I took a half hour and I deleted about 500 emails that were just time-wise no longer relevant. And there's a good chance that I accidentally deleted a pitch email in there. You know, sometimes people don't pitch my podcast properly. They they don't use the form on my website and it just comes to an email and it just sits there because that's not how I deal with podcast pitches, right? And I'm not saying please everybody come like respond and follow up. I'm saying do it the right way in the first place and you won't get lost in my inbox. But without a follow-up email, anything that was in there that I mistakenly de- deleted, it's it's done. And it doesn't mean that I hated it. It doesn't mean I wasn't considering it. It just means that it probably came in while I was traveling or during the first week of homeschool when I was very busy doing other things or all of these other things. And it got kind of pushed down, right? So that follow-up email, how are you crafting those? Are you doing like a simple like, you know, one-liner, like, hey, have you had a chance to see my original email? Because I get a lot of follow-ups like that. But then I also get other follow-ups that are more like, hey, I emailed you a couple weeks ago about this. Here's a refresh. This is what it was about. Uh, would you like to schedule a time to chat? And and those kind of bug me, like to schedule a time to chat when I might not even know what they're talking about. So I'm kind of curious what kind of theories and ways you use for that. I think I said, okay, so like, hi, I wanted to reach out to see if you were still interested in creating a book. I sent the same email again. I didn't say anything else. I love that because the follow-ups, like I said earlier, the follow-ups that are just like, hey, you should have read my previous email, book a call now. I'm always a little annoyed at I'm like, first of all, I don't owe you my time. Who the hell are you? Yeah, who are you? I don't owe you my time. I, I value my time very highly. So if I'm going to hop on a chat with someone, usually it's because someone's given me a really great intro, like Melissa Harstein did with us, right? She was like, oh, I think you guys should know each other. And we hopped on a chat and sure enough, you know, we hit it off, right? But if it's not someone I have a personal intro from, I like be the one that makes that decision. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's a little presumptuous to be like, you owe me your time and your information and you owe a book to me from you. Like, that's not my energy. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the energy is like, you have really interesting content and like, you probably do actually really need a book, but you don't really have time to do it. And you don't really know how to do it. And maybe you're not a writer, right? Like I work with a lot of podcasters and podcasters are talkers. Like they are speakers and they are not writers. And that's just, it's a different skill set. Yes. Yes. I know this well from trying to edit my podcasts into blog posts. (laughs) Yeah, It's not, it doesn't really translate. And so you have something that you can do really well. I have something I can do really well. Like how can we come together as partners and create something really valuable? So in closing, we have 
first of all, researching the right people to email in the first place. We're not hiring a LinkedIn lead farm to message every LinkedIn connection out there. We're actually spending some time making sure that these people, one, would be a good fit. We like them. We like what they're talking about, right? Uh, Two, they're probably making enough money to actually afford our services. And then we're doing a little bit of actual diving into their content and making sure that their content is good, right? Then from there, how do you craft the email? Like what kind of email outline are you following? And you covered that really well. And then finally, how and when to write that email follow-up, including how it's actually worked for you, which is really lovely. Yeah. And I just want to say like, it might feel impossible and I might feel like a crazy thing to try to do to try to email someone to make money like that, but it can work. I did it. I did it. Like, I'm really excited about it. (laughs) And like the people that you're trying to reach, like are waiting for you. They just don't know it yet. Well, everyone, obviously, you know, Isabella was here talking about, you know, cold emails, how to craft the email, how to write it well so that people actually pay attention to it. But if you are looking for a book, if you actually fall into the, the demographics that she was talking about earlier, you can find her at themisuchimethod.com. Check it out. And she'll be happy to kind of chat with you and figure out whether you guys are truly a good fit. Thanks, Isabella. Thank you. All right, friends. I hope you found some really good juicy tidbits in there. Pay attention to the details. Read between the lines. That is where you're going to find the gold in this. And I hope that you can actually apply this in your own business and we can maybe together all rid the world of crappy cold emails and get ones that actually make sense. All right, friends, you know the drill. If you found value from this episode, there are two things you can do to thank me. The first is share it with a friend. If you enjoyed this episode, you learned something from it, odds are you know somebody who needs to hear this message. I do truly believe that a rising tide lifts all boats. And if you help that friend with something that they need to do, we're going to have less crappy marketers out there, which means less scams. And we get to help more people in those ways that we uniquely are meant to help them. The second thing you can do is leave a rating on whichever podcast app you are listening to the show on right now. Doing that helps me reach more people, getting, again, this same great information out there, and we all make a better, happier, effective, and ethical world as a result. Thanks so much. See you next week.